0: Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Ouellette. Woo! Now let's give Jesus a hand clap because he's awesome. Oh, come on. Let's, <laughs> let's do better than that. He's so good. He's so good. God is so good. Ah, it's such an exciting time. It's such an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to be a Christian. Um, man that it, it's so powerful it's it's true what Daniel said it is easy like revival is here the Holy Spirit is on it like when when you're preaching the gospel Holy Spirit falls on those that are listening to the message and man I really did have this like stronghold of like this is hard you have to debate people and you have to fight people and like maybe every once in a blue moon like I didn't I wasn't even conscious that that was my thought but that was my thought that got uncovered once we started seeing everything I'm like oh my God, gosh, I was thinking like, man, once in a blue moon, every now and again, you might see someone get saved if you debate them hard enough, was kind of the belief. But it's like, oh my gosh, like Holy Spirit just falls on people when you just talk about the goodness of God. You talk about the gospel and what Jesus did on the cross. And there is power in the gospel. Amen. God's so good. He's so good. So Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that everything in the kingdom is so much easier Then we make it, Lord, because you do all the work. You've done all the work. You've finished it. We just get to come along, partner with you, and go for a ride. And we just thank you so much, Lord, that you are so awesome, that you are such an amazing Father. We thank you, Father God, for giving us your best gift. Man, that was just wrecking me during worship, just like, ah, that you watched your only son be sacrificed for us And there would be so many of us that would even reject your gift, and yet you still loved us that much. We just thank you so much that you are so amazing, God. And we just welcome your presence right now. We just welcome the anointing. Lord, it's your anointing that breaks yokes of bondage. Lord, so I just pray for your anointing of love, your anointing of grace, your anointing of closeness and intimacy in this place. And we just thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you know that disconnection is a lie? <laughs> disconnection is a lie. If you are blood bought, born again, if you are a child of God, if you, are, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, disconnection is a lie from the enemy. Amen? We are connected. That is the truth. We are connected to him. Our awareness of that connection can sometimes shift. And then the enemy tries to get in there, and it's all through lies and smoke and mirrors. But we are connected to him. Amen? We're connected. I might have to jump down there and come get you. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the message today um, is receiving more agape. <laughs> receiving more love, in, in other words. Receiving more agape. Um, so what we're going to start with, because I preach about this so often, I almost want to get two actual trees that we can just leave in this place. But uh, we're going to talk about two trees, okay? So over here in, in the Garden of Eden... We have the tree of life, right? Tree of life, it's good. Everyone say, it's good. Yes. Right. And then over here we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. Now, sometimes you look at this tree and you're like, what is so wrong with that tree? It's, the no- it's knowledge. Like, what's wrong with knowledge? It's the knowledge of evil, but it's also the knowledge of good. Okay. And yet, this tree produces death. This tree produces shame and blame and disconnection, and this is not a good tree for us. Amen? This is the thing in the Garden of Eden that God said, do not eat from this tree. Okay? Now, we have to take a look at these two two things because if, if we look at the Bible and we just think this is like... You know, it's just a story, we're not going to see the parable of what it is that the the Lord is trying to say, okay? So this over here is a paradigm. This is a way of seeing, this is a way of interacting with God, and this is a way of interacting with the world through my knowledge of good things and bad things. So I can be standing on a good branch on this tree and it still produces death. Amen, okay? This tree over here, whole nother way of thinking. This is a whole nother paradigm. This is a whole nother way to see this tree is life. This tree is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the and the This tree is Jesus. This tree when you eat of this tree leads to eternal life. This tree is the tree of connection. This is the tree of love. This is the tree of just everything in the kingdom that we're supposed to connect to and eat from. Amen. Whole another way of thinking, okay? There is no balance between these two trees. Someone say good tree. Someone say bad tree. <laughs> okay, this tree over here, the knowledge of good things and the knowledge of bad things produces death, okay? This tree is the tree of the law, okay? The law, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Trying to relate to God through this tree will never work. You cannot get to God through this tree. You can't get closer to him through this tree. You can't achieve more things in the spirit in this tree. You can't achieve greater things in relationship. Connection is not on this tree. Disconnection is on this tree. When we try to evaluate who's good, who's not good, what things are good, what things are evil, and stuff like that. Here's the thing. People are on this tree saying, um, you can just find your own truth. Because they're sitting on this tree. I can use my lens to figure out what things are good and what things are bad. And I can determine my own form of truth. In fact, I can determine my own form of morality sitting on different good and bad branches. And our moralities can be quite opposite on this tree. Right? But you will never find truth on this tree. Amen? Because this tree is Jesus and he is the way, the and the truth. Amen. Okay. No one comes to the Father except through him, except through this tree. Okay. Uh, John 1.17 says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Did you know that there is not truth in the law of Moses? Everyone's like, oh, blasphemy. Right. Okay. The law is a mirror that shows us that we need a savior but this is not the tree that we're supposed to eat from anymore, okay? Jesus came, and it is finished, okay? He accomplished everything in the law, and now we relate to God through Jesus. We relate to God through our connection. Someone say connection, okay? So this is the battle of the mind That happens as we go about our Christian walk. Are we going to look at things through this tree that produces death or through this tree that produces life? Am I going to look through my lens and try to figure out what's good and bad and all this kind of stuff? Self-righteousness is on this tree. And what do we know about self-righteousness? Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Okay? Filthy rags, that literally means, I'm not trying to be graphic, it literally means menstrual rags. Our righteousness is useless. Okay? But over here on the tree of life, through our connection to Jesus, through our belief in his finished work, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? Really important to understand the difference, okay? Um, So this tree is connection, this tree is disconnection, okay? Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. This tree is love and grace, this tree is religion. Someone say religion. Someone say ew. Ew. (laughs) Okay. The religious spirit is a demonic spirit. There is no good thing that can be produced from a religious spirit. Sometimes people want to balance and like, isn't it kind of good to feel bad about yourself sometimes when you do wrong? Isn't that good to just beat yourself up a little bit so then maybe you'll behave better? Okay. Okay. It is not possible. Life cannot be produced on this tree. Okay? We have to step into connection. We have to step into intimacy with Jesus and just receive. Amen? All right. Applying grace and identity in revival culture. Um, We uh, are just wrapping up now our growth track class. And our growth track class is very intentional in how we uh, sort of release people in this environment to serve and to uh, eventually lead and things like that. Because we want to make sure that everyone is rooted and grounded in God's grace rooted and grounded in their identity in Christ, rooted and grounded in love and being led by Holy Spirit and the value for inner healing and and things like that and um, the, the church vision and all these different things. So now what we get to do is take all of that and now apply it to our life and apply it to revival culture, okay? Because there's always this thing where the enemy wants us to come and eat from this tree Even in a revival culture. Does that make sense? Okay, so um, grace and identity, it affects everything, it affects how we pray. It affects how we intercede. It affects how we do warfare. It affects how we worship. It affects how we parent our kids. It affects how we interpret dreams. It affects how we prophesy. It affects how we lead. It affects how we relate to people. And it affects how we relate to our world. It touches everything. So now we get to take that basis and start applying it, okay? So human nature is to make everything into a hierarchy, Human nature is, um, I'm going to find something that worked, and then I'm going to make a religion out of it. I'm going to make it rules and things that we have to follow, and that's kind of what human nature just tends to want to do, okay? So, um, what happens in a revival culture, that, by the way, is religion. Um, You want to focus on the it, the what, the performance, how good can I be, okay, When gospel and grace focuses on who, focuses on relationship, and focuses on connection. Does that make sense? So um, you are not the sum total of your good to bad ratios. (laughs) Let's just laugh at that. Okay. You are not the sum total of your good to bad ratios. You are not. You are a child of God. You are defined by your relationship to God make sense? Okay. Your relationship with Jesus is what defines who you are. Okay. Your identity is in Christ. It's in him. So now let's take a look at grace in this environment. So we pray for someone and they don't happen to get healed in that moment. What do we do with that? Okay. Okay. The temptation is to jump on this tree and say, "What am I missing? What did I do wrong? What words did I not say? What messed up things are going on in my life? Um, how come that person, man, uh, you know Chad Deadman, he's so amazing? Oh, you know I could never be a Chad Deadman because I'm blah, blah 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 blah. Right? Comparison. Right? What am I missing? Okay, you are not missing anything. He finished the work over here. Plug into connection, okay? Jesus said, you will do even greater things than I did, amen? The gospel is gonna be true. Be careful that you don't form a theology really quickly, okay? That person didn't get healed because something. It's maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's not me, maybe it's them. Maybe they didn't have enough faith. So we're gonna make faith a performance. And we're gonna say, if you could just perform faith better, then maybe you'd get healed because it's not me, right? No, 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 okay? Jesus paid for healing on the cross thousands of years ago, okay, and it's by his stripes that we're healed, amen? By his stripes, period, okay? If you pray for someone you don't see healing in the moment, stay connected, pray again. (laughs) Pray again. Jesus Christ is perfect theology, okay, What we start to do is we start to invent excuses as to why something is not going to happen. And guess what? We put our faith in that. And then now we're not seeing what Jesus said was available. Amen? Okay? Uh, if, If someone is not encountering Jesus the same way, this person over here is shaking, or that person didn't shake, or this person fell down, or that person didn't fall down. Well, the ones that fell down and the ones that shook are the holy ones. So what am I missing? What's missing? What behavior am I doing that is making it to where I don't get to shake like that person did or I didn't get to X, Y, Z, right? And we're back on this tree again, right? We can make religion out of revival, right? But it's like bad tree. Everyone say bad tree. tree. (laughs) Step over here, okay? We get to connect with the Lord. And our connection and our experience with God is as unique as we are. That's a quote from Pastor Tina Davis, by the way. She's a very wise woman. Our experience with Jesus is as unique as we are, okay? I don't want to make up excuses as to why someone's shaken or not. I don't know. Here's a hint. As pastors of this church, there's a lot I don't know. (laughs) And that's okay. I don't have to know, okay? We have to embrace mystery, that's, that's part of it. It's just like, let's just stay connected and just embrace the mystery of it. Lord, I don't know, right? But I'm not going to invent a bunch of reasons and try to put stumbling blocks in front of people and say, well, maybe if you just had more faith, then, right? Or maybe if you would just get this out of your life, then it's like, man, if, if we encounter Jesus, then he's the one coming and he's the one doing it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Be careful not to form theologies. Someone say, embrace mystery. Embrace mystery. Um, we, we've seen uh, someone get healed once. They had knee pain, and um, the Holy Spirit led in that moment. By, by the way, Holy Spirit is key in all of this. This is how we navigate things is Holy Spirit. That's why I would do a whole class on Holy Spirit, okay? Um, someone uh, needed healing. They had uh, knee pain, and the Holy Spirit revealed that there was like a bitterness that they needed to let go of and they needed to forgive someone. The second they forgave that person, knees healed, okay? Now, what's our tendency? We're starting the anti-bitterness ministry. And anyone that needs to get their knee healed, you better check for some unforgiveness in your heart. And let's put some stumbling blocks in front of you and build a hierarchy of who is more spiritual than someone else And who has access to the free gift of Jesus, right? And we start making a religion. We start making a formula. And that is not what we're called to do. That's why we have Holy Spirit, so we don't have to do that. Look at how Jesus healed people in the Bible. Does he do it the same way twice? (laughs) Sometimes he hugs them. Sometimes he touches them. Sometimes he spits on stuff and sticks it in their eyes. You know, who wants to start the spitting on the mud and stick it in their eyes ministry, right? I swear he does it like that so that we don't copy the form because it's always our tendency to copy a form, And make a religion, make a formula out of it, okay? Don't put stumbling blocks in front of people, okay? They didn't get healed because. They didn't this because. We don't know. We don't know. They didn't have enough faith for that. Can I tell you the truth? With my heart healing, I didn't have faith for it. (laughs) The guy came to my house. I'm like, can you please hurry up because I have 911 on my phone. I feel like I'm about to pass out right now and you're talking a lot. I'm like, you'll pray for me. Maybe eventually we'll see some, some breakthrough. I don't know. But I'm like, can you hurry it up? That was where I was at, okay? Jehovah Rapha decided to come and meet me in that moment, despite my pride, despite my fear, despite my lack of faith, right? And he showed up and he introduced himself to me. And I got to connect to Jehovah Rapha. And I got to meet him for the first time. Amen? Don't put stumbling blocks in front of people. People don't even need to be saved yet. Sometimes it's like, hey, say the sinners prayer real quick and then God will heal you. It's just like, no, just just pray. Just release the healing. Amen? Amen. The gospel says that Jesus healed them all. Can you guys say, healed them all? all. (laughs) Healing was paid for on the cross by his stripes, not our performance not our performance, okay? Um, There was another time that we were praying for someone and they started manifesting a demon, which, by the way, they are real. Um, And you are just as capable of casting out a demon as I am if you are a blood-bought Christian. Your authority is in Jesus Christ and you have the ability to do that. And it's not scary. I have never seen someone not get delivered that wanted to be delivered. Not once, Okay, um, so this person started manifesting, and um, it was like taking, taking a minute. Like, I have, I've seen it go a lot quicker, but it was taking a minute. And um, I was getting ready to preach on the power of the blood and covenant. And so we started realizing okay, the enemy's just kind of trying to distract from what's supposed to happen. So we bound the spirit, told him to stay in the front row, like, hey, the Lord's gonna deliver you um, after the message, and then preached the message. We go to minister. We, like, released everybody. It's just like, hey, if you want to stay, you can. But we want to release people. And then we're going to minister to this person. So we minister to the person. And then it pops out of my mouth. As soon as you take the body and the blood of Jesus, in other words, communion, you're going to be free. And my brain goes, oh. (laughs) i don't know if that's true (laughs) i'm like lord back me up you know have you guys ever done that just like oh something just popped out of my mouth like my brain is like wait 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 it's already out there right like was that me was that god i don't know you know it's like oh but god just pours out grace in those moments and it's just like he knows right so it pops out of my mouth and i'm like all right, here we go. Let's see what happens. And um, as, soon as, as soon as this person took the, the body and the blood of Jesus, it was like the atmosphere completely shifted, just that he was back in his, his normal mind. He kind of didn't know what happened, and he was free. It was powerful, okay? Now what do we want to do? I can't deliver people unless I have communion elements, right? Take communion. That's the formula. That's the thing, right? No, it's the, it's the blood of Jesus. It's listening to Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit will give you the grace in the moment for each individual person because he loves them each differently. And their experience with him is as unique as they are. Amen. He has many different reasons for doing things different ways for people's hearts and, and things like that, okay? Don't be intimidated when someone comes to you and says, oh, I got prayed for by Bill Johnson and nothing happened, or I got prayed for like 300 times and nothing's moved or whatever. It doesn't matter. The gospel's still the same. By his stripes is how we're healed. Just remember, it's the gospel. It's not the person, Okay? It is not about the person. When you see someone moving in signs and wonders and miracles and you see, you know, these amazing, like, healings and things like that, that does not testify to the validity of that person or their relationship with Jesus. It testifies that the gospel is true and that Jesus is alive. Amen? It's really important that we understand that because we start to follow people and gifts and that is not necessarily the way to go, okay? I would say that's not the way to go, <laughs> okay? Why? Because it says, what is it, Matthew 7, 22. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform many miracles and, and things like that? And what does Jesus say? Depart from me, for I never knew you, okay? Jesus wants to heal people that he'll use anybody, It does not testify that they are walking with the Lord. It does not testify that they're a trustworthy person to follow. It testifies that Jesus is alive and wants to heal. Amen. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do this? Did we not do that? Did we not perform, perform, perform? Wrong tree. Connection. I never knew you. I want to know you. Right? And I want to be known by you. Amen. 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 <laughs> Don't talk yourself out of miracles. Just stay connected to Holy Spirit. Pray again. Pray again, pray again, pray again. We saw, uh, it was, we were so blessed. We get to go along for the ride. Like, it's, it's seriously, it's not about us. It's not about people. Um, but we got to see this couple. Um, they uh, struggled with infertility for 16 years, Many people prayed, their, their community praying for them and stuff like that. And then we got to them, and they're like, we'll just see what Jesus is going to do. Like, that was where their faith was at. And that's fine, right? And, I'm, and again, like, I'm sitting there praying. It pops out of my mouth because they asked, like, oh, well, should we adopt or should we not? And it pops out of my mouth. Um, you can adopt or you cannot adopt, but if you adopt, you will have two babies because you are going to have a child. <laughs> And then my brain is going, what did you just do? You didn't check that by me. (laughs) So sometimes our spirit just kind of just does stuff and your brain's like, wait, you know, like what happens if that doesn't happen? Now, I promise you, I do not do those things flippantly. (laughs) That's not my go-to. I don't just like randomly say stuff. That was Holy Spirit. Okay. And then it was within, I think, a year and a half they had their baby after, after 16 years and like, oh, so many people prayed for us and stuff like that. It's not me. It is Jesus. Amen. Don't be intimidated when someone's been fr- prayed for many times. Pray again. Amen. All right. Um, I want to talk about Peter because the Lord um, was like, I want you to take a look at the transformation of Peter. So um, let's talk about when Jesus first meets Peter. Um, Jesus preaches the gospel to him, then he gets in the boat, and then he performs a demonstration of the spirit and power, okay? Now, take a look at how Jesus does that, preach the gospel, and then demonstration of Holy Spirit follows, that's scriptural, okay? So he demonstrates the spirit and power by telling him to cast his nets down again, okay? And they've they've been fishing, no fish, whatever. He's like, cast it out again. And then they pull up this, like, boat-sinking load of fish. And what is Peter's response in that moment? Peter's response is Luke 5, 8. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Someone say, go away from me. I'm sinful. Okay. Focusing on sin brings disconnection. Depart from me, Lord. Like, I'm, I just saw a miracle. Oh, my gosh, I'm so bad. I am not good enough. I want to perform. I can't be near you. This is the wrong tree. Okay. So I just wanted to draw your attention to that. Peter's response to a miracle is to say, go away, disconnect from me because I'm sinful, okay? Then we look at Matthew 26, 33 to 35, and this is after they'd been in relationship for a while, and then uh, Jesus says, one of you will betray me, and here's Peter's response. Peter said to him, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will, I will never depart from you. Jesus says, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Okay, Peter replied, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples said the same thing. Okay, So he is boasting about what a strong Christian he is. He's boasting about his love for God. So it's like, no, I'm strengthened by my love for you. I would die for you. I would never do that, right? This is actually not real strength. Our, our walk, I'm getting ahead of myself, but our walk with Jesus, maturity in Jesus, is not becoming stronger in our own strength. It is becoming more and more aware how dependent we are on Holy Spirit. And that he's our strength and our weakness. Amen? Because when we're weak, then we're strong. Amen? All right. I would die with you. Look at my love for you. I'm going to boast of my love, okay? Um, Then Jesus dies on the cross. As we know, Peter denies Jesus three times, even cusses, and then abandons Jesus because he's trying to save his own skin, right? And so Jesus resurrects, and while Peter is on a boat fishing again, Jesus is on the shore and he tells him to cast his nets again, and there's another miracle. Okay? Now, Peter's response in John 21:7. Um, It says, therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, by the way, is John, and this is John's gospel, which is really funny. Um, Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. (laughs) So it's kind of like a funny, it's a funny picture, right? So he's out fishing, and then Jesus is standing on the shore. He tells them, hey, cast your nets down again. They Cast their nets, and it's, again, a miracle load of fish. And then they realize, it's Jesus. And what does Peter do? He's like, let me get ready and put on my coat. And he's like, Jesus. And he goes running right off the boat and into the ocean. (laughs) Very different response than the first time. Why did he put his jacket on before doing that? I don't know. He's just kind of one of those, like, ready, fire, aim kind of people. (laughs) Right? So very different response. Okay? His response now is oh i want connection with you i'm desperate for you i need you i love you i know you Ah, connection right it reminds me of uh the movie elf you guys seen the movie elf i'm in love i'm in love and i don't care who knows it (laughs) very different reaction than depart from me i'm a sinful man okay There's a transformation that took place. And so then Peter, you know, I I imagine that the disciples might have even gotten to the shore quicker than Peter trying to swim, you know. They could have brought his jacket, I'm just saying. (laughs) Would have stayed dry. But uh, um, so he's, he's so excited to see Jesus. There's a transformation that takes place. So then Jesus cooks them breakfast, and then he restores Peter by having him confess his love three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? like, yes, Lord, I love you. What does he do? Is he trying to make him feel bad? Is he trying to like rub his nose in it? No, he's like, I know that you love me. And so he has him say it three times, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, I do. Feed my lambs, right? And he's restoring him. And then what does he say to him? He says, um, there will be a day that someone will lead you where you don't want to go. And by that, he's indicating that Peter going to be martyred, okay? Why would he say that to him? If we, if we look through this lens over here, we say, it's because he denied him three times and now he's getting back at him like, you're going to die like a martyr, right? But when you look through the connection and the fact that Jesus is restoring him, it's like actually the thing that you boastfully said before, you're actually going to bring God glory through, you actually will die for Christ's sake. You actually will die for the gospel. And he's actually restoring him and saying, this is actually going to bring glory Amen? Somebody say, Jesus is good. Jesus is so good. So good. So Peter goes from, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. The it, the what, the hierarchy. Okay? Depart from me. Disconnect from me. Disconnect. Okay? Then Jesus comes back to life. Peter jumps out of the boat. Jesus, relationship, I know you. I just want to hug your body. Right? Okay? Okay? Connection. So God said to me, look at the transformation of Peter in the scriptures. And he asked me the question, what brought his transformation? And I was like, uh. I'm like, coming to the end of himself and coming to the end of his pride? And God said to me, yes, but being met with love in that place. That's what brought his transformation. And he said, I love you in your humanness and in your mistakes. That's what brings transformation. Not just coming to the end of yourself and just, like, realizing, oh, I'm nothing. It's when you get to the end of yourself and then you encounter the love of God in that place. In that place. Okay? So the gospel is still in action in your life. It was not like a a one-time offer. It's like a lifetime membership okay? Um, It doesn't just apply once, and then you're kind of on your own for the rest of it, and hopefully you choose right, (laughs) right? It's a never-ending flow of his blood. It's a never-ending flow of grace in your life, and when you just stay in that flow that's just flowing towards you, then you get to flow in that kind of grace and that kind of love to other people, and it's powerful to bring transformation to your life. Now, here is um, where It becomes difficult as a Christian because Christians can be experts at holding the beach ball of their emotions under the water and white knuckling stuff. I've got to represent Jesus well, and this part of me does not represent him well, so if I could just hide it from everybody, then I will represent Jesus, okay, okay? I, can I tell you, as a pastor, how often, like, I hang out with people, and they're, like, slapping their husband, don't say that, just the pastor's here. <laughs> I'm like, you actually get to be a real person, okay? Somebody say, I get to be a real person. <laughs> All right? Nothing good comes of white knuckling and holding everything down in the beach ball, right? What do we do with Pain. We just want to shove it down under the water, okay? Have you ever tried to hold a ball under the water for very long? Eventually, it's going to buoy up to the surface and splash and mess. Blah, splat, right? Okay. Um, this is where we get to walk this tension of yes. We are a new creation in Christ. I should put it over here because this is the tree of life. Yes, we're a new creation in Christ, okay? Absolutely. We have been perfected. We are not trying to become something. We're trying to align our mind with the truth of who we already are. Amen? That is absolutely true. And yet we're holding this tension with we're also being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So there is transformation that's taking place. You're following me? Okay, so yes, that old life is done, okay. Yes, it's dead and buried, okay. And sometimes people struggle with this depending on whether they found Jesus and then had some screw-ups and then came back to Jesus because it almost feels like that stuff doesn't get covered somehow as when they first got saved. Does that make sense? Okay, so what they do is that they divorce themselves from that imperfect place and then they hold it under the water. And they're like, this is the gospel. I don't have to look at this stuff. And it pops up every now and again. Right? I don't need to look at it. Okay? Nothing good comes out of that. Okay? We, we're, we're supposed to walk in the light. Okay? Walking in the light does not mean walking in good things. That is this thinking over here. The good branch of the death tree. Okay? Good branch of the death tree is still a bad branch. Okay? Someone help me, I just lost my train of thought. What did I just say? Walk in the light. light. Thank you. Okay. We get to walk in the light. Um, Those who practice the truth walk in the light, is what the word says. We want to translate that to say those who walk in good things. Walk in the light. But it's no, those who practice truth walk in the light. What does truth mean in the Greek? Nothing hidden. Someone say "Nothing nothing hidden. Nothing hidden. So I can go before Jesus with nothing hidden. I don't have to hold beach balls of pain or emotion or imperfections under the water with Jesus. I just get to be a real person. Okay? Because he knows I'm a real person anyway. Amen. And when we walk in the light, then he comes and there's a transformation that takes place. Does this make sense? Okay. So what we want to do is we want to allow the gospel to fully penetrate the places of yourself that you are ashamed of. Rather than divorcing pieces of your heart and saying, well, Jesus loves this piece of me over here. But this part, I'm just going to hold under the surface and say, uh. Does this make sense? Okay. Allow love in. Allow agape love to love you in the place where you are messed up. Okay? So at your worst moment, someone please picture your worst moment, whatever that looks like for you. Your worst moment. This is the gospel. He loves you in that moment every bit as much as he loves you right now. He loves you in your mess, he loves you in your dysfunction, and his love does not waver towards you, amen? When you allow love into those places that feel dysfunctional is when you will see the transformation. Does that make sense? It's almost like we're holding the gospel at an arm's length from certain places of our heart because it feels scary, right? Does this make sense? Okay? So, uh, for example, with, with inner healing, um, you know, I once uh, chatted with someone, and they were like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to look at the past because it's super scary, and, you know, it's just painful, and it's, it's over and gone, and it's not affecting me, but yet it, there was effect happening, right? Okay? And they were like, yeah, I'm just so ashamed. And I'm like, well, what is it that you're ashamed of? They're like, well, when I was 12, I seduced a married man, and, like, I can't believe that I did that. I'm an adulterer right now what happens when you bury pain and you lock it up and you don't allow the gospel to shine on it is that you are still processing like when you were 12 you are still 12 years old in that moment because you won't look at it anymore because of shame shame is not your portion god loves you in your hardest moments so that you actually have the ability to look at those moments and not feel shame right to to be in the light here's this thing that i did and when you bring it to the light then the gospel can come in, truth can come in and say, oh my gosh, picture a 12-year-old right now. If a married man did something like that, like, who's the one that's having a problem? Right? And then when you allow the gospel to come in in that place, now all of a sudden there's freedom and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free, right? Any place that we're like hiding our little things, right, trying to perform This is a result of trying to perform. When when you fully enter into grace, you don't have to hold the the beach ball anymore. Does this make sense? Shame doesn't get to have a voice in the things that you do, even the things that you mess up in now. Shame doesn't get a voice. It doesn't get to touch your identity. Does that make sense? All right. All right. when you think of things in hierarchies, especially when you're thinking in hierarchies of behavior, like, I'm a strong Christian because I don't do X, Y, Z. It's like, we're not going to go before like Paul someday in heaven and brag about the things we refrained from. (laughs) Let's just laugh at that. Paul is like... Paul's like, I preached the gospel and like whole nations came to Jesus. What did you do? You know, we're like, I didn't drink beer. (laughs) (laughs) Our walk with the Lord is not about the things that we refrain from. It's not. (laughs) It's really, now I lost my train of thought again. Someone help me. (laughs) Okay. When we think in terms of hierarchy of behavior, the higher up I go in Christianity, the less I'm going to be tempted. The less sin is going to happen. The more perfect my life will be, the higher up I get in Christianity. And now I don't relate to human beings anymore (laughs) because they're stuck in humanity. And I am in the spirit, <laughs> right? The more we think in terms like that, the less we will actually be able to connect. And the less we're really connecting to Jesus because Jesus hung out with sinners, hung out with prostitutes to the point that people actually accused him, like, you must be a drunkard too, right? We don't want to think in terms of hierarchy, okay? Now, when, when dysfunction pops up in our life, it is not your job to white-knuckle it under the surface, Try and, oh, okay, something pops up, it's a clue. There's something missing. Jesus, what is it that I'm missing, okay? Now, I'm not talking in terms of my performance. I'm talking about in terms of there's a place in my heart where I'm not letting love in. There's a need that I have that's not getting met. So name your dysfunction. Don't name it out loud. <laughs> name your dysfunction. Jesus. What is going on with that? Because I don't have to be ashamed that that's popping up. I can look at it like with a lab coat on and be like, okay, I want to do that right now. I want to punch that person in the face or I want to, whatever the thing is. It's like, Jesus, what, what is going on in my heart? That's like one of my favorite prayers to pray. Jesus, what's going on in my heart right now? Like what's happening right now? You know, like name the dysfunction. Just like I want to look at this thing on the internet or whatever. What is missing? Maybe nurture is missing. Maybe adventure is missing. Maybe there's something you know along those lines or whatever. But the point is, he's the answer. Okay? He's the answer. Connection to other humans is the answer, and he can show you how to navigate all that. But you have to let go of shame to even be able to look at those things. Does that make sense? All right. All right. So, I'm going to confess to you. So, yesterday... Um, was a tough day. <laughs> I'm like, I'm preparing the message, right? And um, Daniel is, is uh, at the Sean Floyd event evangelizing and leading people to Christ. It's just amazing. And I'm with the kids, and the kids are making me crazy. And they're screaming at each other. And I, like, it was like I held out. I white-knuckled for like six hours, Right. And then I'm in the bedroom, and I'm preparing, and I'm praying, and I'm in this holy place. And then there is are screaming yet again, and they're fighting, and they're making bad choices and things that I had just told them not to do, and they're not being kind to one another. And I come out of my room, and I'm like a beast, and I go, knock it off, right? Knock it off. I'm trying to preach on agape love tomorrow, and you guys are ruining it! Stop it! Right? (laughs) You get to be a real person, I get to be a real person too, okay? Now, (laughs) I know that that's not okay. I know we're joking and, like, thank you for empathizing with me and that you're not shaming me in that moment. But actually, my heart was, like, really pained over it where I'm just, like, I just screamed at the kids and I partnered with intimidation or whatever the thing was. And I talked to them over their mistakes the way God would never talk to me. And I'm, like, go back in the room and I'm praying and now I'm beating myself up. What tree am I on? (laughs) Daniel's leading people to Christ right now and I can't even get through my message on love without just totally not being loving, right? I'm the worst. I'm the worst preacher. What am I doing preacher? This must be the wrong message because I can't love well, right? And here I am on this tree, and then I finally have the presence of mind to be like, God, what's going on with my heart? (laughs) What's happening, you know? And he just speaks words of love and grace, and I love you so much. I love you in that moment. I see the pain that's getting triggered, and he's like, actually, you were feeling powerless. And people who are feeling powerless cannot enter into agape love because agape love requires a powerful decision, so you weren't deciding to love in that moment, but I love you. And hey, like let's not feel powerless. And he's like, hey, why don't you go apologize to the boys? And I'm like, ah, because there's that choice, right? Because then they're gonna call you on it the next time, right? There's there's that choice of like, okay, am I gonna take responsibility? Right? In a way, because I don't have to partner with shame. This does not happen if you're partnered with shame. If I'm partnered with shame, I'm gonna come out to the boys and say, I don't like when you make my voice like this. So if you would just stop it, then I wouldn't have to make my voice like this. Right? Powerless. Right? No, actually, I can choose to be kind and loving no matter what they're choosing. Right? Evan's favorite thing right now is to say, Mom, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> and my response is, I still like you. I love you no matter what you do, you better get used to it, right? Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the boys. And it was, like, uncomfortable. And so I sat them all down, and I'm like, hey, guys, like, I am so sorry uh, that I came and I used my voice like that. And uh, that was probably scary. It probably made you feel awful, probably made you feel like, you know, whatever, I think that you're not smart, or whatever the thing is, and um, that was not kind, and um, I am stressed out because I need to prepare for the message, and I'm feeling some, like, some tension in that, like, I'm in a hurry, but none of that actually is your fault. Like, none of that is your responsibility. That's my responsibility, and I took that out on you, and I'm so sorry. And I, I want to do better. Like, I want to make sure, no matter what you guys are doing, that I don't come at you like that. And I was just like, do you guys forgive me? And they were like so, they were amazing. They are just like, yes, we forgive you. And then Evan, who's three, he goes, yeah, Mom, sometimes I shout too. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, buddy, let's work on it together, right? So, and it was awesome because, like, when you're vulnerable and you're transparent, then it breeds more vulnerability, right? He's just like, yeah, I shout too. Like, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's a thing. And I'm not going to blame it on my brothers. It's like, yeah, no, I, I shout too. Does that make sense? So, there's something about agape love. When you choose to love, and it's the same way that God loves us, it, it requires vulnerability, because it's a self-sacrificing love. So it is not possible to be in self-protection and agape love somebody. It's not possible. Like if there's any self-protection happening, that is not agape. That's a transaction, okay? So it requires vulnerability. It requires not just transparency of I did X, Y, Z, but the vulnerability of I'm actually open for you to affect me. I'm open for you to actually give me feedback the next time, like, hey, mom, remember that thing, right? That's how God loves us. He loves us vulnerably. He loves us risky, and he loves us saying, I'm actually going to allow you to affect my heart too. Does that make sense? God's good. Um, There is no such thing as spiritual intelligence without emotional intelligence. There's no such thing. You cannot be spiritually intelligent and not be emotionally intelligent. It's like there's this ratio that happens. Does this make sense? Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. Watch over your heart. Some translations say guard your heart. When you hear the word guard, you tend to think wall off and protect, but that's not what it's talking about. Watch over your heart means to tend your heart like a garden. Tend to your heart because everything in life flows from that place, okay? This is why inner healing is so important. You need connection. You need to be known, and you need to be known as the real you. If you wall off pieces of yourself, you're actually walling off love from yourself. Does this make sense? We, we get on this thing where we try to perform for love, It's just like, you know, in marriage, like, oh, I love you, and I prove it because I go to work for you, and I do this for you, and I do that, and I perform, 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 right? What's wanted is connection. I want you to connect to my heart. The strength of our marriage is not truly found in how good of a rule keeper Daniel is. That actually doesn't make me feel secure. If he's like, I'm going to follow all the rules, and I'm going to make sure that I, you know, Keep the promise that I made to you or whatever. That actually doesn't make me feel safe. What makes me feel safe in our marriage is our connection, right? Because when you're connected to someone is when the marriage is, like, a fair proof or whatever. Does that make sense? When someone understands. Does that make, does, are you following me? So, like, if he was rule keeping with me and keeping all the marriage rules to a T, that wouldn't matter much to my heart because then I could be anybody But I want him to connect to my heart. Does that make sense? God is the same way. Okay. Yeah. So this is where we get to apply the gospel to marriage. And how we relate to other people. It's just like, you better not, X, Y, Z. You better not. Whatever, whatever. Follow the rules. But that's actually fighting against connection. Remember, that's off of the disconnection tree. Okay. All right. Christian leaders who fall. Christian leaders who fall. Um, Christian leaders are human. Um, oftentimes people feel the need to hide. Shame is actually the enemy. The smartest people on the planet can be dumb as a rock if they navigate their life without the leading of Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And the truth is, is that Jesus loves them as much in their moment of shame as ever in their life, too. Amen? Of course, he doesn't approve of the actions and things like that. And he looks through the eyes of compassion at everyone involved. Okay? But this, this is where it's really important that we understand that there is no spiritual intelligence without emotional intelligence. You can't hold that beach ball under the water forever because you're trying to do it in your own strength rather than allowing his strength to come in. Amen. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I think we're going to quit there. <laughs> um, there's, there's more just in applying agape love and how we love other people. But I think that's for another time. Um, the, the picture that I get, um, because I know that there's different people that are struggling with um, different things. Um, so revival is the end of striving. Revival is the end of striving. And that is really good news, but it also means, like, radical change in how we think and radical change in how we operate, okay? So what happens is, like, when we're in this striving, striving, striving mode, it almost feels like death (laughs) to stop the striving, okay? So the picture that I get, because we sang the song this morning, is um, if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking, Right? It's such a beautiful line. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. And I love that grace is an ocean because no one has a leg up in an ocean. Like no one has like, oh, I got myself most of the way and then I just needed a little bit of grace. It's like, no, we all need massive amounts of grace. I had a friend at another church and he would talk about when people would be rascals. And he would call them EGRs and it stood for extra grace required. And I'm like, you know what? Everyone is at EGR. <laughs> like, we all, we all need grace. Like, there's nobody that just needed a little bit of grace. So we're all sinking in this ocean of grace, right? And the picture that I get is that there's people sputtering at the top, treading water and going, wait, ah, no. <laughs> My striving is still helping something and the way I operate, right? And it's like, just drown, just drown in the grace. Just let go. You can actually breathe under there, okay? But it's like, this is still hanging on to something, right? That's the picture that I get. Because I feel like there's people that are, that are struggling with different things. And I, I feel like that is um, what the Lord is saying. Is It's like, hey, just let go and surrender. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Abyss? It's an old movie. Um, in The Abyss, they had this, like, special fluid Um, that like it was oxygenated fluid so that it was kind of like being in your mother's womb, like you could breathe this liquid. Um, so then they would fill this guy's helmet with this liquid and he would like start freaking out because that's just your tendency. It's just like, oh, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. But then once he just kind of let go, he realized that he could breathe the fluid. Which, by the way, I don't think is scientifically sound because I think you get air through the umbilical cord. But I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> so that's the picture that I get. It's just like, man, let go. You can breathe under there. Just sink in the grace. Just sink, lay back. Just lay back. Just relax. Amen. Amen. So I just want to pray for you. Um, If that's something that you're struggling with, where it's just like, man, I can't see an end to this striving, or like, man, I just just feel like I'm working so hard, and like, I hear you talk about grace, I hear you talk about rest, but it actually sounds really hard, or really foreign, or whatever. Um, I just feel like the Lord wants to minister to that. So Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you are the God of grace, you are the God of rest, you're the God of shalom, of peace, of wholeness, of uh, love, of healing, of everything, Lord Jesus, and I just pray That you would pour out grace for people to let go of striving in every area. Lord, I know, Father, we're going to put our hands to do things, Lord, but not in a place where we're striving and we're trying to muscle it or trying to white knuckle it. Anywhere that people feel like they're white knuckling or barely hanging on, Lord, I pray that you would reveal the pathway to grace. Lord, that you would reveal places where they're maybe thinking on the wrong tree, where they actually have the answers already, and that you're just pouring out a grace and an anointing for them to enter fully into freedom, to receive more levels of the gospel into their heart. Lord, and I just pray for every single person, even greater impartations of receiving love in the places that we've walled off, in the places that we feel like are too shameful for even you to look at. Lord, even places that are current right now that we don't even want to admit to ourselves where we're struggling. I thank you that the answer is always the gospel. I thank you that the answer is always your love, And your goodness coming in. And we just thank you so much for it, Jesus. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Amen.